Hi, this is Joel Copperud. I'm Vice President of Government Affairs here at the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers, and I was fortunate enough to be interviewed by the David Bach Show in Aspen, Colorado, uh, KNFO, Colorado, to talk about Amendment 69 and uh, the importance of uh, beating back Amendment 69 significantly. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this radio interview. Come on! Well, it's 35 minutes past the hour, according to Ballotpedia. I don't even know if this is accurate, but it's Ballotpedia. Amendment 69 is a citizen-initiated constitutional amendment that would establish a political subdivision of the state called Colorado Care. The measure was designated or designed. Come on, David. The measure was designed to establish a statewide program to provide universal health care coverage and finance health care services for Colorado residents. Amendment 69 would not prevent people from purchasing private health insurance. A 21-member board of trustees would govern Colorado Care as Colorado Care would operate, according to Ballotpedia, as a cooperative, members would vote for candidates to serve on the co-op's board and decide whether taxes should be increased to provide additional funding to the program. Today, we're going to be speaking with the folks on the no side of Amendment 69. we got Joel Copperud of the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers on the line. Good morning, Joel. How are you doing today? I'm great, David. How are you? Great. Thanks for uh, being part of this today. Why is that such a bad idea, Joel? I mean, come on. I want a free health... Well, it's kind of free health care. <laughs> it sounds great, right? I mean, why not? I mean, seriously, Look, weed, that's almost as good as legal weed. Come on. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so I continue to say, you know, it's, it's easy. We're very fortunate, I think, that, <laughs> that this was written so poorly. It's really easy to oppose this thing. I mean, you're right. Free health care sounds great, but obviously nothing is free, right? Right off the bat, so like, let's just look at what this does initially. It completely wipes off the books, the, the market completely for employer-provided benefits. So if you are one of the 160 million Americans that gets your insurance from your health care, from your employer, you're going to lose that. It wipes off, not only does it, does it get rid of the market for employer-provided health care benefits, but also includes workers' compensation policies. But before so, you go too far, I want to ask you about that, because that's what I was thinking about. Like, I am my employer contributes to my health care. Okay. So if this were to go into effect, wouldn't that encourage my employer to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm paying taxes on top of it. I'm going to throw him into the Colorado care. Yeah. Your employer's going to throw up their hands and you're going to be set to Colorado care. So Colorado care is going to be the new insurance company where you'll, where you'll be getting your benefits from. What those benefits look like 
who, whether, whether, who, which doctor you can go to, that all is still to be determined. So the big question, at, at the outset, we know that if you get your coverage through your employer right now, you're, that's not going to be the case anymore. You're going to be going through, quote-unquote, Colorado Care. To pay for this, it's going to cost the state $25 billion off the bat. The state budget right now, as it is, is $27 billion. So it doubles the state budget. It's a massive tax increase to pay for this thing, right? They have a 6.6% uh, payroll tax on employers. Employees pay a 3.3% tax, and there's a 10% tax on all beneficiaries across the board. Now, wait, say that one so, more time. Say that one more time. What are the, all the taxes? So the way that they divvy this up, and this is just from year one to get to that $25 billion price tag. Okay. It's a 6.67% payroll tax on employers. So employers will pay 6.6% in taxes, 3.3% on employees, new 3.3% tax, and 10% tax on all non-payroll income from every beneficiary. So, so is that 10%? So at the end of the day, it's a $25 billion tax increase on Coloradans to get what? We don't know. And if you even ask the proponents of Colorado Care, they don't know. What will, it, what will the coverage look like? They don't know. It's to be determined. What will the provider network look like? They don't know. It's to be determined. Who determines that? So that's the next question, right? Who's in charge of this whole thing? So the amendment says, the language says that a 21-person board will be in charge of everything, of determining who gets paid what in the provider system, what your benefits are going to look like, and, by the way, if that initial $25 billion price tag isn't enough to cover the full cost, that 21-person board has the right, under the amendment, to increase costs and, or, I'm sorry, increase taxes as, as they need to cover the, co- cover the cost. Well, we know we've got, there's a, the Colorado Health Institute did an independent analysis on whether this is going to work, how are we going to pay for it, what's coverage going to look like, and they have said, off the bat, $25 billion will might cover the first year, but it doesn't take into account rising medical costs and in, medical inflation. And we know, you know, whether you're looking at what's happening in Obamacare, look at what's happening in the exchanges and individual premiums. We know prices in healthcare are skyrocketing. They have been for years, and the trajectory continues to go up and up and up. This Colorado Care does not take that into account. So as prices go up and up and up and up and up over the next decade. The $25 billion cost of this from the outset is going to, that's not going to begin to cover the cost. So we know from the very beginning that this 21-person board is going to have to continue to increase taxes to cover the cost, which maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's great if that's what you want to vote for, but we don't know what this is going to cover. We don't know whether or not you're going to be able to see your same doctor. So, I mean, Going back to what the president said when he passed Obamacare, if you like your coverage, you can keep it. I mean, right now, if you like your coverage and you want to keep it, we would urge you to oppose Colorado 69, Amendment 69. Well, I'm just waiting for my $2,500 in annual savings with the, the Affordable Care Act. That's, I'm still waiting for that check. Uh, okay, so I want, I, I want to get back to where uh, you were talking about the taxes because you said that uh, employees will be paying 3.3% and then there'll be uh, an additional 10% on all income. So does that mean my, I'm going to get my personal taxes raised 13.3%? And all non-payroll income. Oh, non-payroll. Okay, so all other income. So all my trust fund income uh, it will be, I guess, uh, taxed. Right. Okay. 
Uh, actually, there is no trust fund income. I just wish there was. Anyway, uh, uh, but uh, the payroll tax is 6.67%. Okay, so I'm trying to work my numbers here. If I make $100,000 a year and I'm paying $1,000 a month in ACA right now, um, therefore I'm paying $12,000 a year, uh, the, the Colorado Care people say I'm going to pay a whole lot less than that. Are you there? Oh. I'm here. Well, I mean, that's a good. That's that's great in theory. At the end of the day, you're going to be paying more, whether it's out of the pocket or through through taxes, right? It's going to, it's going to be a completely different system. The question is, what are you going to be getting in return? So you're going to be paying more because you're paying it through all these random taxes, through your as an employee, all you know, your non-payroll income taxes, you know, whatever. You might not feel the pinch as as hard, or might not be as obvious. But what are you getting in return? And that is very much up in the air. And, by the way, another reason that this isn't going to work, and it's another reason why the governor, every statewide elected official, the entire congressional delegation from Colorado, every call them the political elite, whatever, both sides of the aisle have come down against this because they know that you cannot just do single payer in one state. Colorado is very quickly going to become a high-risk pool, right? So if you've got an expensive disease in Wyoming or Arizona or Illinois and California or wherever, and you can't afford to pay for it, every incentive is staring you in the face to move to Colorado where it's going to be paid for. So really fast, you're going to have all these sick people coming in, and you're just going to have a high-risk pool, and you can't, you can't do this on a state-by-state basis. It just is not going to work. Yeah, doesn't that incentivize yeah, people it to... Might sound, it might sound like it's going to be cheaper, and the advocates might say, yeah, it's going to be a lot cheaper than the current system. They, you know, they argue it's going to be cheaper because you're cutting out the evil insurance companies, and all of a sudden it's not going to be a profit-driven uh, business, and you know, all the... Take, take the private market out of it. Well, fact of the matter is, no one's going to know what you're going to get in return. Benefits are going to be cut. Payments are going to be cut to doctors. To make this thing sustainable... The options, the Colorado Health Institute, right? I have this, I found this earlier this morning, I thought this was interesting. The, the way, the, the decisions that are going to be faced to the board to make the ends meet, because that $25 billion is not going to begin to cover the true costs, they will have to make the decisions of either cutting benefits, raising taxes, reducing provider payments, or completely shut down the entity altogether. That's what the, that, those are the hard facts that this independent analysis has said this board is going to have to take. It's a 21-person board that is elected by the beneficiaries, but that's a lot of power. It's a lot of power to put into one board to determine what kind of benefits you're going to get, whether or not they're really going to be paid for, and who you're going to be able to see. So I think it's a real big risk facing the entire state. It's a, I mean, it is an experiment. It's a big experiment. And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety. This is... This is the same, you're right, you know, Colorado passed recreational marijuana, but Democrats voted overwhelmingly for Bernie Sanders, who's all about free health care and free education and free everything, you know. It sounds fine and dandy, but at the end of the day, it's real dangerous. Well, I was looking at this 21-member board can also just, if they decide that the taxes actually need to go up, and if you know anything about government spending, they always estimate, their number is always low that they estimate because things are going to be, in general, more expensive than what they estimate. This 21-member board can raise taxes whenever they feel it's necessary. Right, and they're going to have to. <laughs> well, and that's a that's a lot that's of power. Arguing, that's that's you know up to date because of, you know Colorado is great because they have the Tabor Amendment, and anytime there's a tax increase, it goes to the people. 
by the beauty of being in Colorado, right? And this takes takes that away from the people. And that's that's an important point. Is this is uh, uh, going to be a constitutional amendment? So undoing this it would be next to impossible. But for, for the first two years, aren't they just going to be raising taxes and not providing any health care as they still try to figure out the system? That's right. There's a two year there's a two year transition period into the system to create to create this entity. So the tax goes into effect and just goes into effect without getting any, anything in return. Mind you, I mean it because because it is a, it, you know it is health care is delivered in the private market right now. What's going to happen in those two years? The private market is going to change drastically because anyone that's in business knows that you have to plan and you plan years out. So if all of a sudden it looks like Colorado is going towards single payer, what you're going to see in the insurance industry is a massive reorganization and reconstitution of their priorities and their resources, and it's not going to be in investing in business in Colorado. Speaking with uh, Joel Copperwood, he's with the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers uh, opposing Amendment 69 on the ballot. If you haven't voted yet, well, you're going to be asked about what you want to do with single-payer health care here in uh, Colorado. But uh, should this thing pass, okay, should it pass for two years, they're going to raise taxes and try to figure out the system. What if after two years, they haven't figured out, they, they, found, they find out that what Vermont found out, for example, that it, it doesn't work as a standalone state to do single payer. What the heck happens to all that tax money they collected? You know, that's a good question. So I don't know what happens, but, but I guess the question is what happens to the tax money and then how do you... You, how do you put the toothpaste, toothpaste back in the tube in this stuff, right? Because back to the point I was saying earlier about companies jumping ship, I mean, that's not just noise. These companies exist to make a profit, and if they're not going to make many money, if the, if the market is dried up in Colorado or it looks like it's going to dry up in two years, they're going to leave. So it's going to be a transition period for them to come back if Colorado actually decides that they go through the experiment and decide, whoop, it's not going to work. They throw their hands up. They want to go back into this. I don't know. I don't know how that plays out, but I think it's really dangerous, especially when you're. I mean, we're talking about life and death decisions here. We're talking about people's health care. This isn't just, you know, this isn't something that you can just play with. Now, the the, the Colorado care people swear up and down. You go to their website and they say they they claim all these savings that this thing's going to save us so much money because everybody's going to be paying into it. And um, and it's going to be a big collective pool of money where people that need health care can take well, basically draw from it. Um, that sounds great. <laughs> I agree. It sounds fantastic. I wish it was true. I mean, there's a reason why you have Governor Hickenlooper. You got every Democrat from Colorado at the state level, everyone that's in Congress, all the Republicans that are in Congress. They all oppose this because they know that you can't do single payer on a statewide basis. It's got to be national or not. And just look at everyone across the borders that are all the incentives that come into Colorado. That the people that are not paying taxes right now, right? They're all going to come to Colorado and they're going to get their health care for free because they've got an expensive disease, and Colorado's quickly going to become a high-risk pool. So it's not going to be cheap. It's going to be expensive. And all the independent analyses on this, you know, private think tanks have all come in and said $25 billion on the outset is not going to begin to cover the cost because it's not taking into account the influx of individuals that are going to come to Colorado, and it's not accounting for rising medical costs. And we see what's happening in the rising medical cost base everywhere else, right? If you look and just, just to juxtapose what's happening in the individual insurance market compared to the employer market right now, 
you see the individual premiums skyrocketing across the country. They are imploding, and there's a big question what's going to happen to the individual market. If you look at the employer market, it's really stable. The average increase in the employer market is 5% compared to the, you know, the individual market. The average increase is 25%. Uh, you look at what's happening with the Colorado State Exchange. I mean, the, the, the state can't manage to keep the exchange on the books and keep it in, in, in the black. How are they going to run an entire insurance company to cover not just Coloradans, but also everyone else that's going to be moving to Colorado? They're not, I mean, I think it would be great if this could actually function. It would be fantastic, but there's not an independent analysis out there that says that it can I mean, this is, I think that the, I, I suspect that the people that wrote this amendment had no idea it was going to take off the way that it has. Um, and it's real dangerous. How could they not know when you, you know the polar go ahead. And when you offer free stuff to people, I can give the gnarliest t-shirt and say, Hey, I got a free t-shirt and it's just gnarly. I got people lining up just because they want free stuff. It, it's amazing. I can give away trash and people will want it. <laughs> Isn't that something? It, it is. That's it's, exactly right. I mean, the, the ugliest T-shirt ever, I will have a line out my door for I'll somebody right. to, to, to take that thing. Okay. But I also found it pretty ironic uh, that um, uh, you go to the coloradocare.org website, which is the uh, pro website, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's got Bernie Sanders all over it. Well, Bernie Sanders is the senator from Vermont, and Vermont found out that they couldn't do this. Right. So that's interesting. I mean, I've never been a big Bernie Sanders fan, but, you know, in Washington for how long he likes to say he's an outsider, he's not an outsider, he's an insider. He hasn't done anything when he's been in the Senate. He's, we would all love free health care. We would love free education. We would, everything should be paid, paid for. You know, it's just absolutely absurd. There was a funny article in the Wall Street Journal that said, you know, if if <laughs> if we could all be promised a unicorn that that uh, poops skittles and farts rainbows, we'd all be taking that too. But it just well, the thing sense. is, is it's almost like he's from Vermont. Single payer died there, so he's like saying, "Okay, you go do it, Colorado." Now, um, uh, Joel, I I was thinking about the evolution of marijuana uh, being legalized here in Colorado and doing news for as long as I have. It what it did is it started off as right on a ballot, a ballot question. People got enough petitions. They put it on the ballot. It went down in flames, three to one, maybe four to one. And then guess what? Two years later or four years later, it was on the ballot again. And it was a little closer. And two years later, four years later, it was on the ballot again. And 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 over time, that's how they got marijuana legalized here. Is just, they just kept putting it on the ballot and pretty soon it became legal. Uh, I, do you see that happening with the single payer movement here in Colorado? You know, it's it's not far-fetched, right? So we like to say, I continue, when I talk about this, I continue to say that I think we're very lucky that it was written so poorly, right? That it doesn't cover the cost, that it consolidates all the power to this small board. You don't know anything about the provider networks. You don't know. It's really easy to campaign against this thing. It really is. And we're fortunate because we need, we would really like to see this go down in in flames, in a big margin, because if it goes down by a 5% margin or a 3% margin, it's going to come back, and it's going to come back, and it's not going to be written as poorly. It's going to be written differently, and it might make, you know, I don't know if we'll see any clarity on what the provider payments will look like, if there's incentives for doctors to stay in the state, or if there's, you know, who knows how they'll rewrite it, but it can't get much worse than this current iteration. 
So we are fearful that it could come back, and it could come back again and again and again and, and finally pass. So our, our efforts right now are really focusing on making sure this goes down in flames and sending a big, strong signal to everyone across the country, just like Vermont did, just like this doesn't work. Bernie Sanders, Vermont. Joel Copperwood. Uh, Joel, is there a website people can get more information on, um, well, I guess the anti-69 movement? Yeah, absolutely. I'd encourage you to go to Coloradans for Colorado. Um, I don't have their URL, but that's the organization. It's a wide net of opposition for this thing. Most of the chamber, the employer groups, uh, everyone that opposes this thing, they're going to Coloradans for Colorado. Coloradans for Coloradans.com is the website. Coloradans for Coloradans, it's F-O-R. Coloradans for Coloradans.com is a great website. You can find out more information. Joel, I appreciate you taking some time on this uh, this morning and, uh, and, and explaining no on 69. Tomorrow we're going to have the yes on 69 folks telling us why it's such a great idea to have single payer here in Colorado. So you want to stay tuned for that. But uh, Joel, I appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, David. Hey, take care. We're going to take a break right now. Oh, that's a great intro. This is what happens when you don't pre-listen to the music beds that you throw on. You say, hey, this sounds like a good idea. This is Frank Sinatra's daughter. Well, the boy isn't. The boy's version. This guy isn't. But the girl's Frank Sinatra's daughter. 55 minutes past the hour. I'm gonna 